Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. I love that we can gather together again all throughout the building, but it is our desire, one heart, one mind, one spirit. We're traveling together. We are the church. Church never closed. Church is not a building. Church is a people. We keep on moving, no matter what comes in this life. And the emphasis today is that we get to share good news. How many think the world in which we live needs to hear good news today? And so it is important that we, as good news carriers, share that good news so what we're going to do this morning, a little bit different than what we've done in, in years past, is I want you to hear the good news in someone's life story. Because we have good news to share. No matter your background, you have a story to share. Because you with Jesus is far better than you without Jesus. Sometimes you have to guess about what that could have been. Because if you grew up in the church, maybe you've been blessed in a family that you kind of were under that covering but I will say this, no matter who you are and what your background is, you have a story to share and somebody needs to hear it. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to hear uh, the story of one of my friends, Dante. He was here as we were in our Love Your Neighbor series on love your neighbor of a different race. How many think our nation needs to understand how to do that better? We need to figure that out. And it should be the church that's modeling how that's done, right? Because we know as we shared in that message where Dante was here, God's big dream, one day, Revelation 7, 9, every tribe, tribe, tongue, people, and nation, that's eternity, that's heaven. And as I shared last week, we're going through Acts, and, and we see the early church, and what we find is what the church is. The church is people, it's us. The church was always meant to be diverse, but the church was also meant to be inclusive. We talked about this last week. So this is areas of growth for us, but we know that we can do it, Right? With Jesus enthroned in our hearts, we get to be that kind of church. And, and so this morning, you're going to hear from Dante as he shares the good news of how Jesus came and changed his life. And here's meant to be the crossover. As you hear his story, you should be able to realize too, and Jesus can change my life too. That's just what, that's a work that Jesus is in. He's into changing hearts. So can we welcome Dante as he comes this morning? You're good. I got it. All right. All right. Can everybody hear me? All right, back in the sound system, I got a loud voice, so you're going to have to do some equalizing over there, okay? Good morning. Uh, first, I want to give a shout-out to Pastor Zach and Pastor Shelley. I uh, just wanted to say thank you guys for allowing me to come and worship with your church family. Um, my wife is here. Uh, her name is Tisha Wilburn. And then my whole family is on that front row over there. You see all of that over there? So... God is truly good. I greet you from uh, Old Landmark Church where Pastor John is our, our head pastor and I'm an associate pastor there. So uh, I'm really excited this morning. You guys excited? Yeah. All right, all right, let's get going. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about today is our testimony, our testimony, okay? So uh, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. And I'm going to read this for you. Revelations chapter 12, 
verse 11. And so in our church, we uh, talk about, we go through so many scriptures, uh, we call them fast flippers. So we got to work on being a fast flipper in the Bible, right? Amen. All right, so Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says, and they, talking about me, you, all the saints of God, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, but not not only by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's something else that's important to overcome Satan, okay? And it says, and by the word of their what? testimony, the word of the testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. So I'm going to give my testimony today because this is what has caused me to overcome Satan and the wiles of, his, of the devil and his fiery darts that he tries to shoot, my testimony. But I want to say to you today that you too shall have a testimony. Amen. Amen. And, and, and how many know David? Everybody thinks David and Goliath. You look at these little children. They know David slayed Goliath, right? Kids, do you guys know David slayed Goliath? Yes, all the kids know that story. But what we need to teach our children is not only did David slay Goliath, how did he do it? How did he do it? Saints, I'm here to tell you that he recalled on his testimony, his testimony. He first said, hey, this Goliath, my God saved me and delivered me from the bear and the lion. And that gave him the fortitude, thinking on his testimony. He delivered me from a bear. And and let me tell you, he said he killed a lion with his bare hands, right? Right? And the bear. That was his testimony. He says, if this God that I serve can deliver me from the lion and the bear, surely he will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine, right? So that testimony is how we overcome Satan, amen? Amen? All right, so let's get started here. So my story is a story of pride. I grew up with good parents. They're over here. Uh, Mama and Daddy, put your hands up. All right, Daryl and Deborah Wilburn. Okay, let's give them a real official hand clap because they just yesterday hit 39 years of marriage. 39 years. 39 years of marriage. So we were glad celebrating that yesterday. But, you know, uh, coming up with them, they moved here from Gary, Indiana uh, to Lafayette. When they came down, they didn't have much money. We stayed in a small trailer. And then we got into a little bit of a bigger trailer on the west side of Lafayette. And coming from a trailer park in the 10th grade uh, and not having much money, I remember seeing a guy in 10th grade counting this money in the back of study hall. Okay, I should have been reading the books, but I wasn't. I was back here looking what he was doing. All right? And I'll never forget he was counting 10 $20 bills, 10 of them. So in 10th grade in 1998, okay, counting 10 $20 bills was a lot of money. And I remember going back to him. I said, what did you do? How did you get $200? That is so cool. And that question was a turning point in my life. So he says, hey, come after school and I'll teach you. So I met him after school and he teaches me. 
how to sell drugs. And I learned from there how to do it. And I thought literally I was helping my parents. You guys hear that? I thought I was helping my parents. How? Because now I can buy the shoes. I don't got to go beg for mama, 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 buy me these shoes, buy me these shoes. I can buy my own shoes. And then I can also buy my own clothes. And the biggest one, I can start to buy my own food, right? Everybody <laughs> likes to eat, right? So, so I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm able to fend for myself. I'm actually helping them in some kind of twisted way. And over the next two years of my life, I graduated from Harrison. I got into Purdue University where I sold even more drugs, okay? And then greed started to consume me. Greed started to consume me. And I went from hundreds to thousands and wanted to get to tens of thousands. And so the first thing I did was I bought an old school car and I put rims on it. And then I bought another car, I put the spinning rims on it. I bought long chains and now I think I'm the man. Hey, you ain't supposed to laugh at me. I thought there was no judgment in the church. <laughs> but this guy who is so far removed from me now, I look back at him, he's full of pride. He's full of pride. So he went from this vehicle to this vehicle. So I know you guys are wearing the 2020s, but back then, when your rims, when you drive and then you stop and your rims keep spinning, that was like super cool, right? That was super cool. So this guy thinks he's the man. See, I remember pastor, um, when I got saved, I was still wearing my chain and he looked at me and he says, when are you going to take Jesus off the cross? <laughs> he says, he's not on the cross anymore. But I used to wear chains that were long and had Jesus at the bottom of them. I had no clue who he was. But I knew I couldn't sell drugs forever. So I came up with a smart way to clean my money up. I thought, hmm, I can do rap concerts. So what we would do is try to get entertainers to come, pay them to come, sell the tickets, and after selling of all the tickets and paying off the rappers, then what we will have left over is the profits, and we can split it. So I got my money mixed up with a guy. I lost all my money, and I threatened to hurt this guy over $8,000. The guy I lost my money to, his name is Rick. This guy ends up devising a plan because I threatened his life because he lost my money. And the plan was, he says, Dante, what I'll do is I got some guys in Louisville, Kentucky that will come up and they will buy a bunch of drugs from you. He said, on this one exchange, you can make $5,000 on this one exchange. So I said, okay, that'll help me from what you made me lose. So we set the night up. They came up in the middle of the night, and I called my friend, Chris. He's supposed to have everything. He had it all. We get there that night. The first thing that was puzzling to me is it was only supposed to be Rick and one other guy buying the drugs. It ended up being, when the door opened, five people. Five people get out the vehicle. And so they get out the vehicle. They come in, 
and they had a jacket on. One of the guys had a jacket on. I'll never forget. Instead of, you know how you have your hands out of your jacket sleeve, he had his hand, right hand, inside his jacket sleeve. I thought that was weird, but I didn't know what that meant. So, so I said, hey, how you doing? So he has this, and, and, and so I just said, hey, how you doing, guys? Come in. So we show them uh, the drugs. We said, hey, you're going to buy it. And they're, they said that they're scared that we're going to rob them. And I said, no, no, no. You see, we got ours. Just, you know, show us the money. Let's do this deal. I was supposed to make $5,000, right? Well, they're going back and forth. And I can't figure out what's happening. So my friend Chris gets upset. And he piles up all the drugs. He goes to the front door. He says, hey, either you five buy this or I'm putting this in my car and I'm going home. Young Dante is looking, consumed with greed. I can make $5,000 this night if they just buy it. I'm looking at him like, buy it, buy it, buy it. He looks, Chris looks over at them. They're silent. He goes out the front door. I look over at the five guys. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you something that happened. I never seen the face of a devil, but I did this night. I didn't know what it was, but I did. This night, I seen it. When Chris went out the front door with the drugs, of the five guys, one guy went out behind him. And I remember seeing his face all balled up, and it was like, I look back and it kind of scares me, right? And it was all bought up and frunched up. And he went out behind Chris of the door. And so now, at that moment, when he walked out and I seen his face, God gives me extreme revelation. Now, I'm a sinner. I don't know God. I don't know Jesus. I don't know them at all, okay? But all of a sudden, it wasn't like God spoke an audible voice of saying, Hey, they're here to kill you. Didn't hear that. I didn't see things flashing before my eyes. I didn't see my life flashing. I didn't see that. The only way I can explain it is all of a sudden I was filled with knowledge. In the drop of a dime, I knew that every intent of their heart, I knew that they were coming to kill. I knew that they were coming to harm. And in so much that at that moment, I gasped. I said, <gasps> And I ran to the door, and I was going to go out the door just to tell Chris, Chris, hey, they're here to hurt us. I get to the front of the door, and I'm frozen. I can't move. And I never forget it because when I go to open the door, I remember looking down at my palm, and I'm saying to myself, why can't I move? And then that's when I heard all the gunshots. Boom, 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 boom. Big shootout out front. And I didn't know what to do. So I, I you know, you duck when you, when you hear gunshots and I run upstairs. I run upstairs. Now, the person's house that we're at, she thinks that we just got shot out front and the person trotting up the stairs is coming to kill her. So, but it was me. I run up the stairs, boom, 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 boom. Guys, guess what I was going to do? I was going to hide under the bed. That was my grand thought, like, hide under the bed where they can't find me, right? So, so I'm running up the stairs to get under the bed. I bust through just into the bedroom. She's there. She goes, she grabs her guns in fear, and she turns around and points it at me. But she didn't shoot, thank God. And I was like, oh, it's me. But so 
I, I put my hands up. I said, no, no, it's just me. And I'm like, uh, I run downstairs and I'm trying to get out the back patio. I finally get out the back patio. They had those vertical blinds. I open it up just to run and there's a gun in my head. It was Chris. He was shot three times out front. He was coming around back to come in and all he's seen is this dark figure coming out at him and he didn't know who it was. Now think about that. Shot three times, scared, don't know what's happened. A figure's jumping out at you. When you pull up that gun, it's easy to pull that trigger. He didn't pull it. He comes in. I said, Chris, what, what happened? He, he says, I'm hit. I'm hit. I don't know where. The adrenaline was pumping so high. He was bleeding. So he collapses on me. And so he gives me his gun. And he's, he's collapsed on me. And I'm holding him up. And then she comes down the stairs. She says, I called the police. Hey, this gun's not registered. Take this gun. So now I got two guns in this hand, right? And I'm holding him up with this hand. Very vulnerable position. If these guys come, I have no defense. So I'm holding him up. So we go out the back door. I'm holding the two guns. I'm carting him along. We finally get around. I see them pull off in the expedition. They drove off. And I get him to the front of my car. As I'm putting them in, those two guns that was in this left hand fall. Both of them fall. And when they, one of them twirled, hit the ground, boom. The Lord showed me. I didn't hit me. It went into my vehicle. That's another time I should have been shot. Pick up the gun, put him in the car. We go to leave the scene. We throw him out. Cops see us, pull me over, take him to the hospital, take me down to the station. I give my report. Now my life has changed forever. I'm super confused. I have no clue what just happened. What happened out front? What caused the shooting? I don't know. I have no clue. But now I do know this. Chris being in the hospital, Rick and his guys know that I can ID them. Both groups are after me now. I get a call from Chris's people, his older brothers, and said, hey, Dante, you set my brother up to get killed. I said, no, 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 I didn't. He says, well, if you didn't, I want you to go out and kill these guys that just shot my brother. And I'm thinking, man, I don't want no part of this. He says, if you don't handle them, we're going to handle you. Ah, okay. Then Rick and his guys are out, and they know that I can ID them. So word on the streets, they're after me to take me out because I can get them locked behind bars. So now my life is in panic. And so what I do, I have my gun. I keep it under my pillow, living with my brother. And I stay up three nights in a row with no sleep. Gun under my pillow. When you don't sleep for three days, you start to get very delusional. Very delusional. You start to kind of hallucinate and things. And I was so wore out from them three days of no sleep. I said, man, I'm giving up. And I didn't know what to do or where to go. And at this moment, I said to myself, holding that gun, I said, I remember hearing somebody say, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. If I live by this gun, I'm going to probably die by this gun. I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, I'm going to need you to keep me. 
And I took it, and just to prove to him how serious I was, I took the gun, I took the slide off the top, I took the clip out the bottom, so it's in three pieces, and I went in the backyard, and I scattered them. I scattered one thing over here, one thing over here, and, and my brother would know this. I put, I put the main part in the black room, all right? We had a room in the back called the black room. So I put the gun in all three pieces, and I went back into the room, and I said, God, now I have no defense. If they come, I'm only going to be saved by you. And I was so scared. I was so scared because I don't even know if this God is real. I didn't know if I just ran out of options, right? I said, man, forget it. I'm going to try to trust in him. I don't know if he's real. I'll probably die tonight is what I was thinking. I woke up that next morning. I remember being so happy Got some rest. I woke up. And I was so happy. Went to bed the next night. I woke up again. Next night, woke up again. Now, three months have gone by, and I am so happy. God has protected me. Started even reading the Bible a little bit. Then one day, my mom comes to my uh, girlfriend's house, and she's beating on the door. Boom, 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 boom. Hitting on the windows. And I'm like, what is going on? I go out. She says, Dante, you have a warrant for your arrest. You're all over the news. I said, what? Sure enough, all over the news, guy that set up this whole big drug deal shootout, Dante Wilburn, we have a warrant for his arrest. If you see him, we need to get him ASAP. We need to get him into custody. Now my life has even more changed. Now facing eight years in prison, how can I pay for a lawyer? No one will hire me. So my mom told me about this guy named Donnie, Richard Berry. He will help you. I got a job washing cars for minimum wage. Uh-oh. Hold on, let me see here. That's Donnie. So this is Richard Berry here. So Donnie is the first one to give me a, a job. No one would hire me at this time. I'm all over the news, wanted drug dealer. No one would give me a job except for washing cars. Now, Richard Donnie was a, uh, he was a deacon at Second Baptist Church. And he was the first one to teach me about the Christian lifestyle and how you can still be cool and be a Christian, all right? Now, coming from the, where I was living, I looked at Christians as really corny, right? Boring, humdrum, right? So I meet this guy, and I'm working with him every day, and he's cool. He's a cool dude, but he's forsaken everything to follow Christ. So he was my first one to really start preaching me out. And so he took me to church. I would go to church. It was Wednesday Bible studies. Now get this. I go in. Where do sinners sit at? In the back pew. Hey, no judgment, no judgment, no judgment. But, but I'm just saying, sat in the back. I'm talking about the last pew in the back, right? I sit all the way in the back. And I, start, I remember I told you I started reading the Bible, but I didn't understand it. 
And I go to this Bible study and I said, hey, pastor, I got a question. I've always been outspoken. I said, man, what is this thing that the Bible says that you can move a mountain? You can move a mountain? What is that? He gets close to me. Everybody know Pastor Barry. He gets close like this, close to my face. He says, "Uh, a mountain was moved in your life. I said, huh? He says, yes, you should be dead right now. I said, ah, pastor, whatever. I said, listen, this is really what I'm thinking. I said, pastor, people die in car accidents every day. Some people die, some people live. Things happen, you die, you live. It really doesn't matter. Like me, a mountain moved in my life just because I wasn't dead that night. Nah, I I don't believe that. I know something went crazy, but I don't believe a mountain was moved in my life because I'm still alive. Listen, the very next day, this paper comes out. Next day, March 1st, I'm going to read it for you. Hopefully I can read this. It says, dealers take stand at trial testimony heard an alleged robbery murder plot. Now, keep in mind, I had no clue what happened out front. I never understood the complexity of what really happened. They found out, if you read down where I have it circled, it says, according to prosecutors, Haynes conspired with four other men who had Louisville connections to steal the marijuana from Johnson and then kill him and a middleman, Dante L. Wilburn, 22 of Lafayette. Very next day, I found out that whole day was devised to kill me. God got my attention. Now I say, okay. Now, now he had the pastor say that to me before I really knew it. The next day he had this paper come out. Now, listen to what this one says. It says, police suspect Rhodes planned to arrange a meeting where the Louisville men would buy a large amount of marijuana from Johnson and Dante. Instead of buying the marijuana, however, the Louisville men planned to rob Johnson and Wilburn of the drugs. But police suspect that Rose discussed with the Louisville men the fact that he was known to who? Wilburn. That's me. He was known to me. So it would be necessary to what? Kill Wilburn and Johnson if the Louisville men plan to steal the drugs. Wow. Now my whole mind has changed. I didn't know. I thought it was a drug deal that went bad. But now I found out that they were there specifically to kill me. Now I'm going to read to one when I was going through my case. This is the actual testimony of one of the guys. This is a co-defendant. I'm going to read the highlighted portion. It says, 
the cop asked the question. You say Q, I highlighted Q. Okay, when he talked about killing somebody, who did he say he was gonna kill again? He's asking like, hey, hey, who did he say he was gonna kill again? The guy answers, said he was gonna kill who? Dante. And he was basically gonna have to kill everybody because everybody knew his belongings and where he lived and where he came from, everything. Now, another turning point in my life. Now I'm asking the question. Now when I go to church, everything's different for me now. The question now is, why am I alive? What, what, What would you have me to do, God, since you kept me alive? So fast forward to sentencing day. I go before a guy named Judge Johnson. They called him the hanging judge. He sentenced people in my case to 62 years, 42 years, and 22 years. And now here I am going before him, and I'm asking for eight years, and I'm trying to reduce that to work release and community corrections. And when I go in through the door, He immediately says, I am not letting you off. I cried like a baby. He's beat red and he's mad at me. And first thing I tried to do is justify myself. Well, 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 judge, you know, I I was trying to do this. I was trying to do that. He was like, who do you think you are? Robin Hood? Steal from the rich and give to the poor? And, and. Everybody's over there telling me, shut up, shut up. Don't try to justify yourself. But Pastor Barrett, I I thank him every day. He had enough sense in in my case, and going before the judge, he's just out in the audience, and he raises his hand to talk to the judge. How bold is that? The judge says, come up here. He comes up, sits him down. And Pastor Barrett starts talking to him. The judge calms down. And he looks over at me. Now, when I was going through this case, I got straight A's while I was at Purdue, right? I knew, hey, I got to do something good. And the judge looks at me and says, you get straight A's at Purdue University on one hand, but then you're bringing all these bad people to my community on the other hand. What should I do with you? And I said, judge... (laughs) Just give me one chance. I asked for one chance. He says, I will give you your one chance. He says, but if I ever see you again, it's over. I understood that loud and clear. So I went to jail that day, was moved to work release for six months. I graduated from Purdue University while in work release. What's amazing about this is, I say this humbly, underneath that cap and gown is a badge to go back to work release, to go back to jail. They let you out for things, but then you have to go back. 
And so under my cap and gown, it was so humbling that God, God shows his goodness and his severity in this picture. His goodness that I'm still able to graduate and I'm alive. His severity that you did it, you got to pay the price. I'm not letting you go all the way. Okay? So he gave me the consequences, but he also gave me the grace to still graduate. Amen? So, so I'm looking around, and under this cap and gown, I got my work release tag. And after the graduation, I asked the correctional officers, I said, COs, can you grant me one hour to go out to eat after I'm done graduating? So he says, yes, I'll let you go out to eat. So we went out to eat at Logan's Steakhouse, and what happened in that next hour was I brought my girlfriend on stage. See, my mom, everybody. So I brought her up front, I said, hey, this is my girlfriend that's been with me through thick and thin. And I can tell you guys that she was one of the only ones there for me when all my friends deserted me. She was always there. She wrote me letters. She gave me coins to call her at a work release. And so what do I do? I propose. <laughs> I propose. I propose. But God had to humble me while I was in jail. And so I propose, and, and Tisha, you know, this story would not be what it is without you. You have been my rock. You've been my everything. And everyone that sees me today is partially from you. And I can say that I'm so thankful. Even getting ready for this, I fell in love with my wife all over again, recalling all the time she was there for me. Amen? Amen. So I love you. So after my proposal, this is Pastor Barrett and my brother that's here today. So Pastor Barrett and my brother, they're, they're congratulating me. And Pastor was just so happy with me. He was tickled because he says, you are finally lining up with God. Yeah, he, he used to be very dramatical. And, and so I was so happy. So how, would you believe that I ordered a steak and before I could even eat it, I had to go? And so that's me actually getting in without eating my steak and going back to work release because they only gave me one hour. They only gave me one hour. So when it's all said and done, I finished everything. I did work release, I did my house arrest, I did probation, and I never went back. I ended up owning the detail company called Premier Detailing and Wash, where I started. I'm an assistant pastor at Old Landmark Church, and I have beautiful children. This story is not a story of me, but of Jesus Christ. My story is a story of pride. And when you want to go your own direction and think your own way where it can lead you. But if you humble yourself before the Lord. Now, now my own way looks like this. See that? That's my own way, right? This is my own way, right? 
kicking it, drinking, all of that stuff, my own way. This is me and my girlfriend at the time. We were both lost. You can see it in this picture. This is our own way. But to then go from this to these pictures, I have a beautiful son named Titus. Titus is here. I got Trinity. Trinity is here. And of course, I got little Truby. That's little Truett. <laughs> little Truett. And all three of my children, I'm so thankful to God for. How do you go from that to a family? To a family. Full of love. This Jesus who redeemed me in this very city that we sit in now, Lafayette, Indiana, he held me like a baby as I walked through the fire. And I'm here to tell you, everyone that's, that's watching online, everyone that's in all the, the other places here, I don't know the names of them, Pastor Zach, but I can tell you, once you meet this Jesus, your whole life changes. Amen. I, I'm, I'm not talking about to know who he is, like everybody knows Jesus, God, oh, yay, clap, clap. But I'm talking about actually knowing them, that, that when you walk through the fire, they're there stepping with you every step of the way. It's not going to be easy, but they are there helping you, counseling you. This Jesus we called him the almighty, the almighty who holds all the power in his hands. This Jesus is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's an advocate when we need him. He's an author and a perfecter of our faith. He holds all authority. He is the bread of life that when you consume him, when you eat him, you never hunger or thirst again. He is a beloved son of God. He is the bridegroom who we will marry one day. He is the head cornerstone that if you build your life putting him first, then everything will be framed and fit together perfectly. This Jesus is the faithful and the true that will never leave you nor forsake you. This Jesus is a good shepherd that will lead you down a path of righteousness. This Jesus is the great high priest. He's the head of the church. He's a holy servant of the Father. This Jesus is named I am. That means he is anything that you need. This Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. This Jesus is, is an undescribable gift. This Jesus is our judge. When we go before him, he's going to judge us for the things good or bad. This Jesus is King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's the Lamb of God. He's the light of the world. This Jesus is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. This Jesus is the Lord of all. This Jesus is our mediator. This Jesus is our Messiah. He's our mighty one. And he is the one that sets us free. This Jesus is our hope. This Jesus is our peace. 
This Jesus is our redeemer. This Jesus is our risen Lord. This Jesus is our rock, our sacrifice for our sins. This Jesus is our savior. This Jesus is supreme creator of all. This Jesus is the resurrection and the life. This Jesus is the doorway to get into heaven. This Jesus is the way to get to heaven. This Jesus is the word. This Jesus is the true vine from which we all grow. This Jesus is the truth. This Jesus is our victory when we face enemies. This Jesus is our wonderful counselor. When you're going through a tough time, if you sit and talk to him, he holds you, he talks to you, he caresses you. This Jesus is our mighty God, our everlasting father, and the Prince of Peace. This Jesus is the one I met. He's the one I met when I was going my own way. This Jesus met me where I was. And let me tell you something. If he would allow them to kill me that night, I would have went straight to hell. I didn't know him. I did not know who he was. So I give my life to him now. I give my life to him now because he didn't have to do what he did for me. He would have been justified in letting me die. I did all kinds of dirt, all kinds of wrong. Why did you let me live? And I believe it's because I'm standing before you today. It's the only reason why he let me live. So I owe him my life. I owe him my life. I owe him all that is in me. And when you give your all to him, you are going to go have, be like sandpaper to people. To the people you love closest, near and dear to you. They'll be offended by you, by the words you say, by the way you live, by the, 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 the way you are. But you know what? My mom, my dad, my family, they didn't save me, right? No one saved me but him. So I'd rather forsake being friends of everybody in the world. Say it, say it. And be with Jesus that saved me. And if I can live a holy life, if I give my all and I, and I show them an example, maybe they too will change and meet this Jesus that is my everything. Thanks for having me, church. Well, Dante, you, you can be seated. 
Stand for him. You can sit for me. <laughs> you don't know it, but you truly are my brother from another mother, my friend. <laughs> Two weeks ago, this Jesus, have you heard that phrase before? This Jesus. We were talking about Peter's message in Acts. This Jesus. Christianity is what? Christianity is this Jesus. It's Christ. we got to know that statement. Christianity is what? Christ. And the church's community. And I shared, I firmly believe part of what God's been doing the last six months is helping us get back to that. Christianity is not church buildings. Christianity is not programs. Christianity is not events. Christianity is Christ. And Christianity is, and church is community. As we get back to those things, what could God do? What could God do? It's Jesus that changed Dante's life. And what did he come to do? He came to set him free. And look at human flourishing in Dante's life now. Isn't that awesome? That's what Jesus does. That's the blessing of the Lord. Jesus came to set us free. And what the word says is he who has been set free is free indeed. You're meant to walk in that, live in that. So we've got, you know, this week we've, we've done annually a Freedom 5K and the emphasis has been in, in freedom from human trafficking. But last year the conversation started and this year it got punctuated of we need to expand what we're seeking freedom from in Christ. Because our world needs freedom really from a lot of things. Human trafficking is one of those things. But we also know we need freedom from addiction, freedom from poverty, and freedom from racism. So we're expanding the scope of what we're trying to do in Freedom 5K to include those dynamics. And, and because all of those are bondages that exist in our world today, but we need to find freedom from those. And so my encouragement as we're going to close and, and give you opportunity to be a part of that Freedom 5K, we've got signups on Main Street now, we're not going to do it on, on Saturday in person because of where we find ourselves today, but do that virtually. So grab a t-shirt, take a picture, put it on social media. I've done and participated in the Freedom 5K today. All the proceeds from that race, they go to the, the Chi Alpha Minority Missions Fund. You know our heart for missions to reach our local community and our global community. And what we have found is, is minorities in our missions emphasis. They have a hard time raising support, and we want to change that. So all of the proceeds today go to the Chi Alpha Minority Missions Fund so that we can continue to see more and more diversity in what we're doing in missions today. Because that's God's heart. And we want to get behind that too. So I encourage you, sign up for the Freedom 5K. If you'd like to just give to the, the, that emphasis today, the Chi Alpha Minority Missions Fund, you can do that online. You can also do that in the black boxes. But how many are glad that Jesus came to set us free? You got to hear a testimony of that this morning. So before we leave today, wherever you find yourselves, if you're here today and you need to experience that freedom, maybe you have never experienced that for yourself, but you need to do it today. Jesus came to set you free today if you don't know that. So if you're here today, if you're online, if you're in this sanctuary, if you're in the, the prayer room or Bethel Chapel, Main Street Youth Sanctuary, people all throughout here, if, I know we've got guest services in every one of those areas, but if you don't know Jesus, if he has not set your life free, you need to experience that today. So I'm going to close in prayer, and, and you can pray with me. Come find me afterwards. I'll be here in the sanctuary. I'd like to meet with you to, because we don't leave you alone in that decision. What happens is, is you make that decision, but the enemy wants to come and pick you off. So then you've got to be in community like Dante found, that he found a pastor who would journey with him, and you need to find that as well, and this community wants to do that. So let's pray and close in prayer. God, we just thank you for the testimony we heard today. We thank you that the enemy has been defeated in Dante Wilburn's life. And out of that, the fruit of, 
of marriage and kids and ministry and business and the way that he blesses this community now. And so God, I just pray that others experience that freedom today. Jesus, I pray that you come into the lives of all of those who do not know you as both Savior and Lord. And Jesus, I pray that you come, Lord, and that your kingdom advance in their lives right now as we pray. Jesus, I pray that you set people free. And Lord, I pray for the challenges facing our nation today. Lord, I really believe you're trying to root things out that are there that have, should not have been. And so God, I pray that you would root out racism today in Jesus' name. God, we just pray against that evil that exists in the hearts of men and women today. God, I just pray that we would find your freedom. And God, I pray that your church be your example of the way that we're meant to live. As a diverse group of people, under you as our banner, Father, Jesus is Lord. And so God, I, I pray as we leave from this place today that your hand be upon us. Lord, that we would walk in your freedom this week and every week. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and I'm going to dismiss you. We, we believe in blessing people as we go. Do you want to encourage you as we dismiss? Obviously, we all can't be out on Main Street at once. So feel free to visit in the room that you're in. Feel free to visit in the parking lot. Uh, but we just want to make sure that as we depart, we do that in responsible ways. But as you leave from this place, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you, show you his mercy, and fill you with his peace. Amen. Go with God today.